succeeded. Amen. Good to have all of you in the house of the Lord, and we are <coughs> thankful for <coughs> the Easter program and the drama and all of those that participated and were involved. And today, right after service, uh, run with fire, throw with fire, are going to meet in the prayer room for a short meeting. Uh, some of those involve some staff members, but the rest of the staff that are not involved in the planning of the run with fire, throw with fire, will come to the fireplace room and we will have a little bit of a working lunch for a while to work with Mother's Day and try to get <coughs> some uh, things organized for uh, that um, <coughs> program uh, and then um, uh, Father's Day and then to remind everyone about <coughs> Run With Fire and uh, get a kind of a little update report on what they're doing. So uh, that's staff meeting, fireplace room uh, quickly and then um, <coughs> Run With Fire, Throw With Fire in the uh, prayer room and then they'll come across. So we're, I'm glad to be in the house of the Lord. I appreciate all of you and all of the message that was preached here Friday night, Saturday, Saturday night, Wednesday night, this past Wednesday night, we had numerous testimonies, had a couple of cards that we read, and I know we didn't get all of the testimonies about what God did and how he touched people this past weekend, and I am thankful we had uh, several uh, that registered and uh, others that came and some obviously that may have registered that didn't come, but uh, we had a lot of people through the doors Friday, Saturday, and Sunday and tried to do uh, the gospel message. I asked the question last week for those of you who may or may not remember, <clears throat> do you know the man? It was a song that they sang during the drama, and I was talking about the man Christ Jesus. And I, uh, uh, we are growing apostolic legacy, and I begin teaching on Monday night. And we have uh, we have some that come, some that log in, and uh, <clears throat> it began as a hyphen Bible study, and <clears throat> there are still hyphen age people that come, but we have others that come and are a part. And we uh, began studying last week in 1 John and about the seven mysteries of 1 John. And I began to, uh, in studying for that class, begin to think about the books that John wrote. All of you that are here know that he wrote the Gospel of John and then he wrote the epistles of 1 John, 2 John, and 3 John, or uh, as somebody who doesn't know Roman numerals may say, three-eyed John. Um, anyway, um, so one-eyed, two-eyed, and three-eyed John. And then he also wrote the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation. And it is also an epistle, and it kind of is the capstone of 65 other books 
is the book of Revelation. And I have taught um, two different years uh, in that class, two different times on, uh, went through one year, uh, two years ago, chapter by chapter in the book of Revelation on Monday night. And I have <clears throat> oftentimes hit on uh, continuing sort of brushing up against Revelation because it is a, a book that uh, seems to uh, inspire a lot of curiosity, especially now looking at current events, what's going on in the world, seeing these things that were taught about and preached about for many, many, many years, a cashless society, a one world government, an ability to control the entire world economy, uh, all of these things, shut down the economy, et cetera, et cetera, without uh, <clears throat> much uh, leadership. And then when you look at Russia attacking Ukraine, which is just north, and then China merging with them and Iran, and Iran supposedly backing Syria and trying to attack Israel. And as you begin to look at all the current events of the hour, it becomes uh, sort of one of those books that people then start asking questions about because Revelation talks about the apocalypse and it talks about Armageddon and it talks about plagues and it talks about uh, the economy shutting down and it talks about uh, burn the ultimately the planet burning up and all the things that are one world economy, everybody having a number, not being able to sell or buy. And all of that is an important part of Revelation and you can spend a lot of time talking about it. But the name of the book is the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's, that's the full name. And that name begins and is taken from the very first verse where you could look at, if you will, a visual image. And the one on the right is from a chart my dad did when he was at ABI in Bible school. Uh, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 50 years ago, what? Uh, it was back in the 50s, 55, 54, 56. He did, he had to make a chart and this was his drawing and it was right after, right before the rapture, you see Christ in the candlestick. Now, uh, in those days, they didn't even dream in color. They didn't have color. Everything was black and white. And now that it's faded, it sort of looks beige or gray and white. But those, that chart, uh, the same kind of a similar chart of a Larkin chart. Anybody ever remember those? And it was a time when we would pull them across the church and point and show all about Revelation. And uh, we talk about and show the pictures of the beast and all of this. And I, I looked on the internet and there is a new, uh, there are several 
pictures of this. If you will notice the picture on the left, it is of uh, what appears to be someone clothed in bright white and their feet are on fire and they have a sword coming out of their mouth. If you were able to look close, you would see their eyes are on fire and they're standing in the midst of the candlestick. And the candlestick has uh, six branches and one in the center post or uh, oftentimes they depict them as seven individual lampstands around Jesus who is standing in the middle. And that is taken from the book of Revelation, chapter 1, beginning at verse 1, the revelation of Jesus Christ. Everybody say it. The revelation of Jesus Christ. That's what this book is about. It is a book we call prophecy. It's an epistle that was written to churches, but the name of the book, Revelation, becomes from that, that first phrase. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servant things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John. Again, the guy that wrote the Gospels, the guy that wrote 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, now is the author of the book of Revelation. Who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony, everybody say testimony, which means witness, the witness of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. And it goes forward. And the 10th verse same chapter, and it goes on to say, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard a great voice as of a trumpet saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And what thou seest, write in a, in a book and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia. And it goes through the churches, Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, Laodicea. And I turned to the voice that spake unto me, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one likened unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, girt about the paps with a golden girdle, so across his chest, this golden girdle, his head and hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire, and his feet likened to fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, and he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead, 
and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and death. Now, when you read, and I looked in the Greek, the word revelation, the connector, the revelation of Jesus Christ was added in, and yet you could as easily have added another word, the revelation concerning Jesus Christ. The key is the subtle difference between was this something that Jesus revealed or was this the revealing of Jesus Christ? Now you say, what does that matter? We always look at it as it's prophecy going to the future, and I believe that it is. I believe that it is the revelation of what is to come. But the first few chapters are the revealing of who Jesus is. And if you study what John began in his gospel, and if you looked at his works collectively from the gospel of John through 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John through the book of Revelation, you will see that John describes Jesus as the word of God that was made light and life. Remember, John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And that's like he was the breath. And then at verse 4, in him was life, and the life, and the life was the light of men. He goes on in that first chapter of the book of John, in the 14th verse, and he says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The 29th verse, he describes Jesus as the Lamb of God. He says, The next day, John seeth Jesus referencing John the Baptist coming unto him and saith behold the Lamb of God which takes away the sin of the world. Now we all know that. That's what Easter was about. The Lamb being slain. We read about it. Passover. Blood. <coughs> eating the body. But now we see the book of Revelation opens with Jesus standing in the midst of the candlesticks representing the churches. Later in this same book of Revelation, the lamb morphs into something different. And for those of those who were in my Monday night class, you know why that's significant because I believe that the rapture takes place in the fourth chapter and at the beginning when the trumpet sounds and there he's called up into heaven but in the fifth chapter now the lion he, the lamb becomes a lion and when the angels come and say there's no one worthy to open the book and I describe that to the 
class and showed how the churches were never mentioned after the fourth chapter because John now is taken up into heaven and he sees a vision and that is one of the elders saying, Behold the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book, loose the seven seals, and thus beginning what we commonly call the tribulation period. And he says, as John saw this lion that was there to open the book, John turned to see the throne. And lo, in the midst of the throne, four beasts in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it was slain, having seven horns, seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth unto all the earth. John saw what he thought was a lion, and when he looked back, it was a lamb that was sitting on the throne. And this is, of course, a very different visual image than John experienced personally. You have to remember, John walked with Jesus for three and a half years. John was one of the inner circle of Jesus. John was one that, in fact, describes himself as the disciple that Jesus loved. John heard very gracious, kind words come out of the mouth of Jesus. John heard words of kindness and compassion for the children, for a lady caught in the act of adultery, for a woman that needed her child healed, for a family that wanted their dead raised to life. John felt the love and kindness of Jesus Christ. Amen. John saw Jesus as a close buddy. In fact, one scripture describes John actually taking a nap and laying his head over on Jesus' chest. He saw the mercy. He saw the kindness. He saw the compassion. And now... His visual image of Jesus is eyes of fire, feet that are on fire, a sharp sword coming out of his mouth, gold around his chest, feet of brass. And you know how John, I didn't read it to you, but some of you may know, how John responded when he saw that? He didn't snuggle up next to him. He didn't say, oh, Jesus, so good to see you. I love you. I, I've been missing you. You're my buddy. I'm out here on this island of Patmos and I've been alone for so long. 
now at last to see Jesus. Huh? You know what happened when he saw Jesus in the revelation of Jesus Christ? Whew. Hit the floor like he was dead. It was terrifying. And John, the Bible is very clear. In the ninth verse, I skipped it. But John was sent to Patmos for two reasons. He didn't rob a bank. He didn't embezzle money. He didn't murder. He didn't shoot anybody, stab anybody. Didn't hurt anybody. You know why John was sent to Patmos? Two reasons, according to the Bible. For the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. Because he was telling everybody, everywhere he went, Jesus loves you. Jesus died for you. Jesus wants to save you. Jesus shed his blood for you. He was telling, he was preaching the gospel. He went to Calvary. He died for you. He loves you. And, let me, I'll, let me, it's the ninth verse of this first chapter. Let me see if I've got it. There it is. Right there. I, John, who am also your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ was in the isle that is called Patmos for two things. The word of God and being a witness for Jesus Christ. I guess the question you know, that you often hear asked is, if you were called to witness for Jesus, would you do it? <laughs> and, and I know, I, you know, we think of witnesses just stri strictly inviting someone to church and Siobhan just doesn't meet a stranger. And if she asked me once, she asked me, 50 times a week, do you have a card? I think they would like to go to church. Do you have a card? And I give out all my cards and I try to find more cards. Am I telling the truth? Sister Elaine, she do it to you as well? All the time. I think this is someone. Now we call that witnessing, but there's more than one way to witness. But the revelation of Jesus Christ is that he left a witness, a testimony on earth. So when you see Jesus in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks, what it is telling you is the churches are the revelation of Jesus Christ. We are the ones that are supposed to reveal Jesus to this world. <laughs> Angels have no ability to witness for Jesus Christ. 
The reason is they're created beings and they have no ability. As In fact, Hebrews, Paul wrote to Hebrews in the first chapter and he said, but to, uh, but to which of the angels said he at any time, sit on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstools? Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? Who are the heirs of salvation? Angels are sent to minister to us so that we can maintain the testimony of Jesus Christ. So when you look around, the important issue becomes when people see me, are they seeing Jesus? Or are they seeing something else? Now, Jesus... (laughs) had eyes of fire and feet like fire and a sword coming out of his mouth because he was standing in the midst of seven churches that weren't all what they needed to be. Now you say, Pastor, where is our church? You know, we often say, well, we're living in the land to see an hour. But it comes down close to home. Where am I? in this seven church list. If I'm supposed to be the revelation of Jesus Christ, where am I? Because he's cleaning house because he wants us to be the witness for who he is until he takes us home. You remember the church at Ephesus, hardworking, worked hard, And I I got to thinking, my Lord, the hundreds of hours run with fire, throw with fire, hundreds of hours and thousands and thousands of screws (laughs) and glue and staples and brads that held this stuff together. And practice upon practice, upon practice, on practice. I don't know how many weeks on Wednesday I met in the prayer room. I was up close and personal. And you get people together and they get, you know, where's my screw gun? Who took my... I'm out of screws already. Who used the last screw? Why didn't you paint this? Why? What's going on here? Ephesus was a hard working. He talked to him a couple different times. And he said, you're working hard, but you know what you're not doing? You're not eating from the tree of life. You know what the tree of life is? The word and just enjoying the presence of the Lord. In him was life and the life was the light of men and the tree of life. Oh, just to be in thy presence. Oh, I I can't be in thy presence. I've got to work. I got to do this. I got to do that. I understand. I've, I've been there and you can work yourself into where you're not enjoying from anything of God and then what he said, you're not much of a witness when you get that way. Then he went to Smyrna 
and they were persecuted, and they were the, what you would say would be the blue bloods because they were from the original synagogues, which were Jewish believers. They knew more than the Gentiles. But do you know what he said about the synagogues they were from? It's the synagogue of Satan. Wow. Smyrna. That was one you want to say, well, you know, you can't rest on what you did know and what you did have and how much you did do and what we used to do. I'm supposed to be testifying of Jesus today. I'm supposed to be revealing Jesus right now. Then he goes through Pergamos. And I know, you all that are Bible scholars, you know it. They were worldly. <laughs> whether you're from living in the past or whether you are worldly, Satan gets involved. Pergamos, a worldly church. Satan's throne, like Balaam. And you know what he told him? He said, you need to get yourself a new name and a new identity. You're not to identify with the world or the things of the world. That's why he said, come out from among them and be ye separate. You can say, well, is it really bad? Is it really evil? Is it really sin? It's just the fact that it quits revealing Jesus Christ. I want people to know I serve a master. I serve somebody else. I, I, I don't want to throw my own children under the bus, but if I heard one time, Dad, everybody else, when they were growing up, I'd bring them outside our house. We had a little horse that we got up in Minnesota or Iowa somewhere that was a Swedish horse, and it had our name on it, S-J-O-S-T-R-A-N-D. I'd say, look at that. I don't care what anybody else does as long as you're in this house. I was taking that from the Bible. They didn't know it. But where Joshua said, as for me and my house, he said, you're not revealing Jesus Christ, Pergamos, Thyatira. They had a woman that was looked like Jezebel and her You read about it. She wanted to lead people into fornication and idolatry. It was about living just as loose and whatever she wanted. Sardis. They were, had a name on the church that they were alive, but guess what he said about them? Dead as a hammer. You can look at that as, oh, well, that's a type of this church or that church or This group, Sardis, name that was alive, Philadelphia, he said, I set before you an open door that no man can shut. Notice verse 12 of the third chapter. Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. Church is not something that you are in and then you're out and then you're in. Amen. 
and out, and I'm on fire today, but then I'm not on fire next week. He said, that's not a revelation of Jesus Christ. That's not a witness for who Jesus is. And you say, but you don't understand. I, he, I, you read it in the book of Revelation 2 and 3. And he said, I'll write on you the name of my God and the name of my city of my God, which is the new Jerusalem, which cometh down from God, heaven from my God, and I will write on him a new name. And we used to sing the song. There's a new name written down in glory, and it's mine. And if you got a new name, you got to put down the old friends and the old things and the acquaintances and the things you used to do and decide I am a new creature in Christ Jesus because I want to be part of the revelation of Jesus Christ. He's standing in the midst of seven churches looking for somebody that will reveal him to the world. Laodicea, the one that everybody points to us is, you say, well, they weren't hot, they weren't cold. They didn't understand. Somebody was knocking at their door. They couldn't see their condition. They were poor, blind, and naked, and they couldn't grasp it. And yet, Jesus was in the midst of all of those you know why? He was trying to help save us from this corrupt generation. Corruption is all out there and it will do its best to creep in here and get us, any of us, because it does not want us to reveal Jesus Christ to this present hour. That's the key. I don't want anybody to reveal who I am. If I can get you lukewarm, if I can get you in and out, if I can get you caught up with idolatry or fornication, or if I can get you picking at somebody else, or just get you quit loving what you do. You're no longer revealing who I am. If you do it for the pat on the back, if you do it for the praise, if you do it for... I, 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 I'll do it, but if I'm not center stage, I'm not... Oh, God. Who's going to reveal Jesus Christ? Who's going to reveal Jesus Christ? Jesus was in the midst of all of these folks doing everything he can with a sword coming out of his mouth, trying to cut with the word, trying to burn with the fire on his feet, trying to cleanse and purify and get together and trying to, you know, service after service. I'm trying to somehow touch somebody's heart. I'm trying to convict somebody. I'm trying to get in your ear and your face again. I'm not, I'm no longer the little guy that wants to love you. You're in the church now. I'm here trying now to 
save you from this untoward generation. I'm not the little lamb. Oh, that's wonderful. When you see me, you see the lamb. But I'm fixing to become the lion of the tribe of Judah. I'm fixing to release all kinds of apocalypse on this world. And I want my church to be on fire and ready and able to be a testimony of who I am to this society. It's not strange to me that Simon Peter on the day of Pentecost, we love to read it, Acts 2, 37, 38, 39, 40. Remember what he said? Now when they heard this, he's preached a sermon. They were pricked in their heart and they said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what should we do? Y'all can quote it. Let's read it together. Then Peter said unto them, and be to you, to your children, and to all that are far off, even as and with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourself from this untoward generation. I want to tell you how you're going to save yourself. It is not in your willpower. It is recognizing every day I've got to reveal Jesus to somebody. I wake up and I think, who am I going to reveal Jesus to? It's not about who I am. It's not about what I want. It's not about what I want to do, where I want to go, who I want to be with. But can I reveal Jesus to somebody in this untoward generation? The Bible says in the next verse, then they that gladly received his word were baptized and that same day we're added 3,000 souls because somebody was willing to reveal Jesus Christ to this world. Paul said the same thing. Galatians, the first chapter. He opened his book up to the church at Galatia. Galatians 1, 3 through 5. Grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father to whom be glory forever. Amen. You see, the revelation that John got of Jesus was Jesus was full of love and compassion. Then he sent his spirit and then he's gathering people in his church and he's doing his best to get them to reveal who he is to the world until he comes and takes us out of here. You say, Pastor, I'm so busy, I'm overwhelmed. I'm, Paul said in Philippians, the second chapter, I know my time is up. I got more slides. I just stop this one. What did he say? Do all things without grumbling and griping and complaining. 
and disputing, trying to argue with everybody, that you may be what? Blameless, harmless, sons of God, without rebuke. Where? In the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. Are we living in a crooked and perverse nation? We are supposed to do all things without murmuring, disputing, blameless, harmless, without rebuke. Well, I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. Go ahead. Are you going to reveal Jesus to them? Well, Jesus took a whip and beat them. I'm going to beat a few people. He ran them out because it was a house of prayer. What are we supposed to be holding forth? The word of life. Let me tell you where you can be changed. Tell you where you can be transformed. That I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. What's amazing about all of this, and I, I'm not going to preach on it. I, in fact, we'll stand. I, the Lord, throughout history, used some of the same elements to get those that were revealing him out of an untoward generation. Moses went down into Egypt. The Spirit of God moved on him to lead the, Egypt, the children of Israel through the waters of the Red Sea. Before that happened, Noah was moved on by the voice of God and the Spirit of God, the Word of God, to build an ark. And the water delivered Moses, Abraham, Noah. The water delivered Noah from an untoward generation. The water delivered the children of Israel from an untoward Egyptian nation. And the water can deliver you from an untoward generation. But you have to keep full of the knowledge that I'm supposed to reveal Jesus to somebody. Oh, I know, I've lost my temper and I've said things and done things and gotten mad. But the Spirit of the Lord is supposed to go, whoa! That sword is supposed to go. <laughs> Were you revealing me? God, wash me again. I'm glad you're still a lamb. I'm glad this is not the end because I 
want to be part of the revelation of Jesus Christ in this last hour. Oh, you say, Pastor, I, I, I don't know. I, I want to I go. I want to be, be a missionary. I want to do missions trips. I want to I, I do. I want you to go do, have all of that. But the most important thing that you can have is right where you are be the revelation of Jesus Christ. Is there anybody here that wants to be the revelation of Jesus? The altar's open. Well, let's ask him, Lord, give us strength. Give us help. Touch us, Lord. We want to reveal you in this hour. Hallelujah.